to kill a crime. Fundamental evidence. There's like two pieces of key evidence. One of them is a knife mm-hmm. they found in Raphael's house. And they say um, it matched the characteristics of the knife that was used. And all I'm imagining is That's you know, so in bones. Yeah, but you know, in bones, when like uh, they the make like a fake stabbing yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they like a, make a gelatinous human and then they just keep stabbing yeah. it to see if it's similar. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what... They say it's that. Anyway, they find Amanda Knox's DNA on the handle and Meredith's blood on the blade. Right. They say some strong evidence. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. The strongest so far, at the very least. And, um... Then there's... The second key piece of... <laughs> oh, by the way. Once they found that, that gosh darn knife. In the documentary, it's like, um... Juliana is like, A search done by me. It's like, yeah, of course it was done by you. You're the lead <laughs> prosecutor, my guy. <laughs> Like, of course you asked for that search to be done. Who else would have? <laughs> why did you need to bring... Why is this you? Why is this all about you? A, a woman was murdered. Why is this oh, that just a you problem? Search princess uh, bride uh, vibes with, like... It is I! Just, just like, like announcing himself every single time he does something. <laughs> in in my notes, I, I drew a second rolling eyes emoji. <laughs> and then the, the second big key piece of evidence, of DNA evidence, that ties Raphael and Amanda Knox to the scene, except not Amanda Knox, just Raphael, mm-hmm. is they find this bra strap. They didn't find this bra strap until... 48 days after the murder because it was hidden under a rug. Oh, how long they... Okay. 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 <laughs> and on this bra clasp, because it was just the clasp, it was just because the bra had been cut off, mm-hmm. so just this clasp was left. Okay. And they found Raphael's DNA on this clasp. Mm. These are damning evidence. I agree, yeah. The only fingerprints found at the scene were... Of Rudy Herman Guede. He flees. He claims he was... Uh, I think... There's an informant, a police informant, who was friends with Rudy. And, um... Basically, they have a Skype call and he records the call. And on the call, Rudy is basically saying, like, I was there. I was in, there the night Meredith was murdered. But it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And Amanda wasn't there. It was this guy. This guy who came through the window and left. And it's like, where did you go to sc- <laughs> the school of the worst liars? Oh my god. <laughs> did you read a book <laughs> or something? Like, that's the worst defense I've ever heard. It was just a shady guy who left through the window. Of course. Or was he wearing all black? <laughs> Probably. But he claims Amanda wasn't there on this call. On this call, he says Amanda wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But when on trial, it says it was Amanda. It was Amanda viewing through the window. Right. Which is clearly him just trying to, like, accuse someone else. He's sentenced to 30 years in jail. They're Rudy guy. Rudy. Whose evidence was ever whose DNA was everywhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amanda and Raphael. Mm-hmm. Amanda, 26 years. Mm-hmm. And Raphael, 25 years. That's what they're sentenced to. Why is he? Look, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you, bro. I can't be telling you. It's probably but, because she's American. Like, well, they say that it's her that did the killing blow. Oh, okay. Which doesn't make sense as to why she would get 26 and he would get 30. Rudy would get 30. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rudy... So, the story changes a million times. Mm-hmm. The the prosecutor, the prosecutor he changes it so often like mm. this this 
idea, which it makes, at least he's changeable, I guess, but only in the, like, same boathouse as the rest of his claims. Mm -hmm. But by the, by the time the trial hits, the story he's going with is that it's no longer Meredith who's involved in the sex game. It was Amanda who invited home Rudy and Raphael. Right. And she was going to, oh, they were going to have all the sex. Boisterous, voluptuous sex. <laughs> and they were going to do anything she asked that night. Meredith comes into the room, because Meredith is reserved and a good girl. Right. And she she tells them she's not comfortable with this. Please leave. And um, Amanda gets annoyed. And she tells them to, to like, hold her down. And, like, stop the room. <laughs> yes, I, I don't like know how the story is really supposed to go because she's sexually assaulted by Rudy at some point during this story. So there is evidence that he was the one doing the sexual assault. Yes. And um, the way the prosecutor says is like, they would do anything for her that night. She'd seduced them. And they, and they would even kill for her. Is right, essentially this. And right. she delivers the mortal killing blow. Uh-huh. Like, we're not in medieval times anymore, right? We didn't believe in witchcraft and whatnot. How can you possibly seduce someone to do whatever the hell you want? I don't know. Unless they're, like, at least somewhat of the same mindset and opinion. (laughs) I don't... I don't know. Well, at least it isn't like she seduced them and then they are free of... All blame. Least in this fantasy world, they get charged. I don't. Uh, so yeah, that's at the end of that trial, they are proved guilty. During this trial, one of both of the roommates, but I only really read through the prosecution of Rimanelli, mm-hmm. and she was like, all of the things she was saying was circumstantial, which I assume, don't assume, I know that in court, sometimes a lot of the evidence given by people who aren't key witnesses is just circumstantial it's just yeah. to like form a narrative around a person yeah but for some reason Romanelli is against Knox mm-hmm. it's evident it's obvious in in her her testimonies she's asked by by him um, stuff stuff that really does not feel relevant like were they friends actually yeah never mind that one's relevant <laughs> <laughs> And um, basically she says, yeah, they were close at first because they were both the only people in the house that spoke English. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they grew apart. It, I don't think it was a proper falling out. They just had different interests. Mm-hmm. And Amanda was a bit weird. And Amanda herself says she was quirky. And I mean, like in the videos, she is. She's just kind of like an oddball. But like in like a very American kind of way. Right. And... I haven't spent much time around a lot of Americans, but most of the time they can be very full of energy uh-huh. somehow, you know? <laughs> I, can, I can understand why you you would want to spend more time in your room and wouldn't be like Someone 110 like out of 10 best friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's no shade on her, it's just like not my cup of tea at the very least. Yeah. that's why we're friends (laughs) (laughs) but they talk about this cleaning rotor and like she speaks with so much authority and it's like you weren't at the house often you claim yourself you weren't at the house often and i was reading through this one article it wasn't really an article it was just someone's like think piece and they were so hung up on the washing machine and this washing machine was filled with clothes. Mm-hmm. It was Meredith's clothes mm-hmm. and someone else's. Mm-hmm. I think maybe a couple of pieces of um, Amanda's. It was in the washing machine and it had been cleaned. And um, this person in this article, they, they're s- trying so hard to spin a tale against Amanda that they forget that it's possible to just, even though you have maybe some strict cleaning rotors, you can still throw in a top with another person's washing like if your washing doesn't completely fill up the washing machine yeah it's just a thing and this person in this article is trying to say that that they would never it would never it's like you weren't there 
and neither was the other roommates. So it's not like any of you can can say with exact authority when Amanda herself says the cleaning rotors weren't that strict. It had only been established a couple of days before her murder. Never mind, like mm. this set in stone, ironclad. We wouldn't even throw in pieces of washing with each other. It's like maybe you and Laura's was strict, but you didn't live there most of the time. Yeah. Also, talking about the washing machine, I was going to bring up a point. I mean, I'm not sure whether you're going to do some um, debunking of the evidence with, like, the knives and bar and whatever. Are you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm just going to say um, fast and tell me whether I got it right. Also, like, the whole, like, washing machine thingy and uh, Raphael's uh, DNA being on the bra. Like, if he touched any of Amanda's clothing and then, like, left, like, a hair or whatever the hell it was and then they put the washing together and the bra was there it wasn't the bra was found unwashed it was just like i think it was like towed under a rug it was just as bloody as the rest of the evidence yeah no i mean but like previously it had to be washed at some point yeah yeah literally yeah an interesting thing about this is that amanda's marx's dna wasn't found anywhere in the room in meredith kirch's room Mm -hmm. And Meredith's DNA wasn't really found anywhere else in the house except for some fingerprints on Meredith's, on Meredith, on Amanda's wardrobe door. This, the person in the article I was reading says like, they, they spin this tale with no evidence. This, this entire, they, they speak with so much authority and no evidence. Yeah, I see, Just like it the is um, a theme. Like this everyone. entire case, yeah. yeah. Everyone just thinks they know. Everyone thinks they know something. Yeah, yeah. and that they are right and everyone else is wrong. And they like spin this tale of like, oh, maybe Amanda stole Meredith's rent money and Meredith found it in her wardrobe and then this conversation spun out of control and it was Amanda who, like, okay how does that involve how does that even involve this the the sexual assault like how does this how does that come into it in any way shape or form yeah and then they go on an interesting point they do make though is that this was staged as a a robbery but nothing the window that was broken in was Romanelli's room Mm -hmm. and nothing was taken from it Mm. and the glass was on top of the clothes and it like knocked over her computer and it was on top of her computer as well. So if her room was messy and ransacked, it would have been after the window was broken. So the glass would be covered up by the mess. Yeah. But everyone, the only places I've seen people state with fact is in like news articles who I don't trust. And it's hard to, it's hard to make, have clear-cut facts with Romanelli because obviously her statements are translated but also she doesn't speak with full authority all the time Mm -hmm. so it's hard to discern what she truly means but it sounds like Glass was under clothes from her statement but all of the news articles say that it wasn't so I don't know if that's the media trying to add more to the story of this being because Mr. Investigator Man, he thinks that this is a cover-up. I'll give you the quote as to why he thought it was, like, a break-in to cover up mm-hmm. the murder. He could tell it was a ta- stage break-in, nothing had been taken, and no evidence, and no evidence someone had climbed the wall outside. But this place was, like, on the first floor. Mm-hmm. It was, like, it's weird, because half of it's on the first floor, and then the other half is, like, it's, like, it's like on a hill so the other half is basically like mm, on its own first floor right and then that part is on the second floor mm-hmm. and i couldn't really tell which window had been broken right but essentially all of it looked really 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 easy to break into like not gonna lie all of it looked so easy to break into mm-hmm. that you wouldn't even need marks on a wall to break in but he says that there was no science and he is an investigator i don't like him but <laughs> I think some of his word may have to be taken. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> or I was. Anyway, yeah, so they, that's a big thing that they state is that it seemed like a stage break-in. 
And he says no evidence of anything was taken, but Meredith's phone was taken and her money and like her valuables except for the computer was taken and this is a very weird part of this case the computer being left alone yeah the computer in all the rooms all, all the computers weren't taken mm. and the only things that were taken were meredith's stuff mm. it's like her phone and her money and like the things in her purse basically but they found her phone later it had been ditched in like a garden really close the money was still gone mm-hmm. and um that is really weird mm. the person in this article who is trying to cram all the evidence into their own theory mm-hmm. they suggest that it's because if if you've done a crime in your own home your own home's the, the crime scene and therefore you have nowhere to hide it and that's why she like threw it in a hedge or whatever oh so the it claims there was still amanda Okay. Yeah, the person is really trying to fit the evidence to show as Amanda, but in doing so, ignores lots of key details. Mm. Like they, this article, it focused so much around this damn washing machine and how it must have been that Amanda turned it on. She didn't even shower. She just turned on the washing machine because it was still warm, but only one person said it was warm, and they weren't a reliable source. Mm. I don't know, man. A lot of the evidence is really weird, and like mm. I said, there's two key people. Uh, Two key pieces of evidence are really weird. So it gets Amanda and Raphael um, convicted. They're charged, and so is Rudy. And then the appeals happen. Mm -hmm. This is where the true disgrace of this case comes in. Because mm-hmm. you can you can say what you want about the lead prosecutor, you can say what you want about the media, but it's not necessarily on them well, as much as the key evidence the forensic team found is. And I don't think anybody holds this forensic team as accountable as they should be. Right. So I'm gonna read the the things I I got from this documentary. So there's videos to prove people entered the scene without crime scene investigation protective why why is it a thing everywhere all the time constantly here we are again god madeline mccann (laughs) just like stop it get some help (laughs) get some gloves shoes the the shoe covers that they use weren't changed so just tracking evidence everywhere uh, the gloves weren't changed there was like not good protocol in changing the gloves between handling of evidence um and i put in quotes total chaos that's how it was described <laughs> oh my god um from the actual forensic team the actual forensic team is quoted as saying unbelievably disorganized in every respect nice that's their own team nice so, the bra clasp found 46, sorry, 46 days after the murder. It had two other unknown males' DNAs on it, and they were never brought uh, Was one of them really? Unknown. Ah, uh, unknown, okay. Unknown. Right. But it, was not noted, it wasn't noted by the police. These two unknown males, they weren't noted by the police. Why weren't they noted by the police? Why was it only Raphael who got brought up on that? That's the only place Raphael's DNA was. Mm. And the knife. Mm -hmm. This one's a doozy. Right. So, conclusively, Amanda Knox's DNA was on the handle of this knife. That was Raphael's knife. Raphael's knife in Mm -hmm. his kitchen. Mm -hmm. This makes sense. Yeah, it does. You use knives when you stay at places. It just happens. Uh-huh. But, ooh, mm-hmm. Meredith's blood being on the blade. Um, the quote that I wrote down is, Meredith's blood almost certainly is contamination. No, they used the cops. They used for something else. Well, they examined all of the knives. So the knives that were in the house where Meredith lived. They used the same blood. It was investigated in the same room at the same time. 
and the it was like truly a minimal amount that uh, was just undeniably cross contamination. Uh, yeah, get in the bin. <laughs> the bin gales. Literally, all of this forensic team needs to be in the bin. sacked <laughs> in the bin. Oh That's God. oh, it's key evidence. You can't just. Did they not give them enough? financing to get new gloves <laughs> maybe certainly not enough training oh god oh god it's at this time where it's brought up that in the documentary it's at this point it's brought up that it's like the oldest courthouse it's been the oldest courthouse since 1308 and in my notes, I wrote, ugh, shut up. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how old it is. It doesn't yeah. mean it's improved since then. Yeah. And, like, no judicial system is perfect. And in my opinion, no judicial system is even good. Uh-huh. But it's, like, without, you know, mind reading, uh-huh. we can't exactly <laughs> be tip-top, stick and span. True. But there's, like, this pride within all of the within the prosecutors and within this court where it just it just seems a bit like it was a blow to them personally that uh, just put yourself forth somewhere else just put it somewhere else just 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 branch out just don't put all of your meaning to life in one single thing thanks after that appeal, which is, what is it? I think it was three years, just like two or three years later. Why didn't I write this down? They'd been, by the way, by the time that they had been um, like charged as guilty, they had been in prison for two years. Mm-hmm. That's an insane amount. Like They weren't allowed bail. That's an s- insane amount of time to be in prison for. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, then the appeal court goes through, and they're acquitted. Raphael and um, Amanda Knox are now no longer guilty because of because of the evidence being so inconclusive. Mm-hmm. This is not where our tale ends. Oh. Six years later, the acquittal is thrown out, and they are guilty again. What? Can you even do that? Usually, no, because of double jeopardy. Right. But because of the particular way they did it, it was just an extension of the case, so they could. So bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the in the documentary, they say um, it's based on their actions and circumstantial evidence, but I um, I was digging because it's I mean the documentary has a narrative it wants to portray, mm-hmm. so I was like that can't be the only reason that this is put, this is guilty again, that's just not legal. Mm -hmm. So um, I found a different quote that was, undervalued the fact that Amanda accused Lumumba and not taken into account that there was evidence Gwadi didn't act alone. So that was like also the reason why. Who didn't act alone? Was it Rudy? Rudy, yeah, his second is Gwadi. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, they're put on trial again, but... um, Eight years later, in 2015, the final verdict is not guilty, mm-hmm, except for Rudy. Yeah, I mean. But it still very much feels like justice was not served, as Rudy's sentence after an appeal got shortened to 16 years. And I had it written down somewhere oh, God. how much he actually served. Oh, it was even less than 16. Did he get out already? <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. Um, partial prison release in 2017, which was about 10 years afterwards. And then in 2020, which, you know, 13 years afterwards, mm-hmm. he completed the rest of his term doing community service. Oh, community service. Justice served. Perfect. Mm-hmm. All right, streets are clean now and leaves are no longer upon them. Therefore, the murder of a girl, same thing. No leaves on the street, girl murdered. Honestly, perfect. Perfect. Yes, I, I believe in the justice. <sighs> what kind of garbage nonsense is that? There is so much... Pro- Obviously, 
everything points to him being a, a culprit in that. And Maybe then they tried, they tried to argue that Amanda, because none of her like fingerprints or DNA was found in that room, they tried to argue that she'd cleaned it up. You can't see DNA. You can't see which it one's just, yours. It was just like hers. She was only like, oh, yeah, yes, this is the line that goes above the, the short one. It's like, you, you can't, you know. It's impossible. It's impossible to pick and choose whose DNA you remove oh from the room. God. So stupid. But like, why were they so hung upon, like, convicting her and then Rudy, who is definitely, most definitely, in my opinion, guilty, um, was just like so all of his convictions were so blasé and just like haphazardly done because well i have i have theories i have theories as to why it was like that one of the theories is i mean it's not even a theory it's just the two key points it's because the media created this this feeding frenzy that caused people to despair buys Amanda. Mm. They spun this this narrative so they wove a tale so tight that the average reader of news mm-hmm. would be unable to pick through the evidence and realise Amanda is is not guilty. Mm. I mean like like I said, I believe she's not guilty. Some of the evidence is really weird. The way she acted was really weird. But it's like who's to say how you're supposed how you will react? in that situation yeah yeah it's it's so circumstantial it's like the people it's like when they try to collate the fact that some killers like true crime it's like yeah hundreds of thousands of people also like true crime they're not all killers yeah Uh, so she liked true no she didn't no she didn't but it's the same kind of thing okay yeah so that along with the absolutely rabid slut shaving that was happening and nick i think i have more quotes from nick pisa in here no i don't but but the the way the press they were hounding it there's a video and you hear them say make sure you shoot the body bag if it comes out and then and then whilst they're recording the body bag i don't know who's saying it but they're like like have have courtesy, have courtesy, have some dignity. Stop, stop, please stop. Whilst like they were recording the body, because they just it's like despicable. It is. <laughs> I wrote it down in Italian, but it was like basta, basta, per favore, basta, which is just basta means stop. like stop it. Yeah. It's like the way they said it was like with no conviction. It was dead monotone, but it's like it just goes to show, like that they're so used to the media being. A gauntlet of trolls, as as Robert Patterson would say. (laughs) It's so that they completely turned the whole of Italy, England, and America against Amanda Knox. Mm -hmm. I don't know about other countries, but like that's where the key elements of this case took place. I feel like it also has to do, in my opinion. And that it has nothing to do with Italy specifically, because I'm sure most countries would react like it. At least me knowing the mindset of like a lot of college people. It's it's very much like us against them mentality at this point, I feel like. And she was like kind of an outlier. Yeah. That was an outsider. Yeah. Yeah. An outsider. So like it was so easy to like think of her as the enemy being the the bad one yeah because you wouldn't want it to be one because like yeah i I imagine it'd be just much easier to accept to people the second reason um is because of the lead investigator he lobbied so hard for amanda to be the the one in the wrong because he messed up that Florence case so bad that his name in this small town was ruined. 
And you can tell he thrives off of the fame because once she was convicted guilty, he's like quoted as saying like, oh, I didn't think of myself as a hero, but as I walk through the streets of Croatia, then people say, high five me. Basically, they shake my hand. They shake my hand. They thank me. And it's like, that's not the reason you're an investigator. That's not the reason. What is justice? It's not you getting your hand shaken for a shoddy job. Yeah. But it's like, it's, uh, I can just, it's like so clear. It's just, he clearly missed his calling. He's supposed to go to customer service to make people happy. Yeah. He just, he just needed a win, essentially. And this was an easy one for him. Mm. The media made it easy for him. So he didn't really even have to do any work. Like I said, that quote, I have felt under attack ever since I investigated Noduchi. It all started from there. I felt under attack. Yes, you probably should have done. Seems Mm. as the fact you arrested 20 people who were acquitted for a body where there wasn't, apparently wasn't any. This one's like a complicated one and I kind of really want to do this case as well. Sure. But it seems like there's a possibility it wasn't even murder, this this doctor that, that was dead. Mm-hmm. He arrested 20 people. He just really wanted that case. He really wanted the Monster of Florence case. And he spun it out to be such a big deal. Like There was like Masonic activity and <laughs> secret societies. Oh my god. Oh my god. He just wants the fame and you can see it. And in this, he like, he says that, I don't know what the exact quote is, but he's basically like, this is my small Italy, this is like my, my land, like this Perugia is like where he resides. And now he got promoted! Got promoted? He got promoted! But he hecked it up again. Well, yes, but no. Yeah, Rudy's still investigated. Still, most um, people don't, most people don't think that um, Amanda Knox and Raphael are innocent. Mm. Because of the, like, I, I wrote it somewhere in here, even years later in the documentary, they paint Amanda to be a sexual deviant and how she coerced Raphael into a relationship. Oh, yeah, coerced. The, she strung handed him into the bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And, like, years, years and years later, both of my. I mean, I remember sitting in my grandmother's living room mm-hmm. watching the case on italian tv mm-hmm. and how they portrayed her yeah and years later when i told both my aunties that we were covering this case they both immediately was like oh she was guilty mm. and they're not say they're not saying that because they've read all the facts mm-hmm. they're saying it i mean like nothing against them obviously right they're saying it because once the media lost that that salacious femme fatale narrative it was no longer interesting to them Mm. they no longer covered the fact that she was her life was ruined she spent so long in prison that that's difficult you don't you don't spend that long in prison and and not be a changed woman yeah no like Raphael spent i think it was six months in solitary confinement like that's changes a person fundamentally so i i still feel like i mean obviously with rudy being out now there's no justice in this case mm. for for the and victim or why? for the two alive why victims. why did they let him go i don't i don't understand i don't understand yeah, I there's so much evidence there's so much against him why? so much i mean like his dna was all over that room it was all over that room so stupid and even now, when like I was trying to piece this case together, all of the all of the stories I found, every single article I read, even the documentary, everything had its own bias and left out its own information. And like obviously, there's information I left out. This is a podcast forum. Mm-hmm. I can't include everything, mm-hmm. but it's always like they would leave out certain details to fit their narrative. I try to include everything, mm-hmm. but like, it's hard to find everything when every source I'm reading leaves out things to portray a narrative of yeah. what they want, even if that narrative is that she's innocent. Because there are things that make her look so guilty, but it's all circumstantial. It's all stuff that shouldn't have gotten the case reinstated, even though it was. There's a video at the end of the documentary 
of the moment she found out she was um, not guilty anymore and she like immediately calls Raphael and she's like we're free we're free and it, like it made me tear up a bit it was like this is eight years are they, life. are they friends now because always says you said ex-boyfriend um they live in two different countries yeah. Amanda won't go back to Italy yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame her oh my god um she was but she did the second appeal because Italy had no ability to bring her back to Italy right so she she had the the retrial in in America she would like it over she entered a plea that was like five pages long mm-hmm. and she didn't like go back to Italy that's why she called Raphael over the phone Raphael attended mm-hmm. um but I, I don't think they're they definitely weren't friends afterwards Raphael says after the two, first two years in in prison he wanted to be able to send a letter to Amanda to tell her that he still had feelings for her and he still loved her and nothing changed but Amanda had already I mean she was accused by him yeah and she didn't she there's a recording of her and her mum on the phone or maybe it was in person either way it was a recording and like Amanda recognises that it was likely the same situation where he had been like essentially coerced into saying that Amanda might not have been at her house Mm -hmm. but like once once that happens I don't think your relationship can ever go the same but I don't think either of them have grudges against each other but I don't think they're friends either good Amanda's um remarried now remarried she never married once married (laughs) (laughs) she has kids and she fights for um from for the convicted yep yeah seems about right good good in her (laughs) Yeah, and I just feel like that just shows innocence to me. I don't know. Maybe it's like, I mean, it's obviously circumstantial, but like to fight for other people just doesn't feel like something a murderer would do. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it'll throw off the scent, but mm. if I was a murderer, I I'm mean, not. I, I would <laughs> just try to keep my head down. You're not, for sure. We swear. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. So, yeah, that's the case of Amanda Knox. I hated it. Yeah, it was awful. It makes me so angry. Oh. No justice for anyone. And Meredith along the way is completely forgotten. Ugh. Uh. By the way, her family, Meredith's family, mm-hmm. still think that Amanda did it. But that's what like the media says. Mm. But the only like, like thing I've seen, it was a recording of someone like basically harassing Meredith's mum as she's like returning home. And they're like asking her if she thinks Amanda's innocent. And all she says is essentially, um, eight years seems like a weirdly long time. That's essentially what she says for like, and all of the, the trials and retrials and acquittals and reacquittals. Mm-hmm. It just seems like very weird. And that's all she's quoted as saying, which is clearly a very measured and reserved response. Mm. Also, I don't think, <laughs> I think her argument is very valid, seems as everything in Italy takes ever <laughs> literally everything that country is so slow so slow everything needs to be done so precisely with really random unnecessary things mm. the whole thing is done but it's not like um, America's any faster mm. America has a really st- slow trial process but at least you can post bail you know mm. I don't know much about Poland's but I know the post office was like horrid. <laughs> so are Italy's. <laughs> okay, so that concludes our um, the Amanda Knox part. So if you were just here for that, you can you can click away now. Yeah, now we're gonna move on to like a small ten minute segment uh, about a about a different a case, case that we got pretty annoyed about that we wanted to share with the general popular so more people can get angry along with us but we don't there's not enough evidence to like keep talking about it yeah not a full episode's worth yeah but anyway here you go i would say i'm mostly a dispassionate person and the only things i have pretty strong opinions upon is 
books <laughs> and um, anything involving uh, sexual assault because I hate it with a burning passion of a thousand suns and I hope everything that's horrible to befall people that do such things. This case doesn't involve any of those, surprisingly, at least that I know of. <laughs> um, so, okay, so there's, there's this thing on Netflix, um, it's a series called uh, Unsolved Mysteries, and in the first volume, episode 2, it's called 13 Minutes. It's, it's a case of uh, this woman called uh, Patrice Enders, who was, I think she she worked as a hairstylist, she owned her own salon and in her set, she, she went outside on her break and only after like 13 minutes someone realised she disappeared and like just, just disappeared, poof no evidence of her, she's just gone um, nobody knows where she went, she didn't come back home the same night and she, she, she had a kid his name was Pistol, which... Pistol Black. She was literally Pistol Black. Which, I'm sorry, but it's a really funny name. Um, but, but yeah, we like Pistol here. We, he's, a, he's a good good guy. Um, he was... I don't remember how old he was when that happened. I think he was still in high school, according to the um, episode. But uh, yeah, she had a kid, Pistol... And she also remarried, um, I forgot what his face is, but um, we don't have to know, nobody cares. We, we just call him rubbish stepfather TM, he's absolutely horrid, and I'm gonna point out why. So, Patrice disappears, and police come to uh, Pistol's school, and they tell him she disappeared, right? He never got on very well with his stepfather uh, throughout this whole thing. Everybody knew that his stepfather, uh, rubbish stepfather to him, um, he was like, he, he was just not great <laughs> to him. He wasn't a rubbish stepfather to him, you know, but he was like very jealous and like weirdly, like suffocatingly I don't know, he was like weird. The way he, he treated pa Patrice, Patrice, um, Patrice. Patrice was like really weird. It was like he was, he, he just like didn't Obsessed. let her. Yeah, it was an obsessive. Yeah, obsessive is the right word. He would, he'd just like try his best to exclude her from absolutely everyone, including friends, like female friends. So it wasn't even like, oh, she's going to get seduced by a different guy. Bullshit, no, which is still bullshit controlling yeah and that included her freaking son he was like he, he got upset how much she cared over her own son absolutely mind-blowing Ab wild crazy what is this but her and her son had a lovely relationship it was very cute there was like this point when they uh stated how she as a hairstylist would like try out different hairstyles uh, oh, <laughs> on this oh, pistol <laughs> and he just let her i don't know it just it just felt so wholesome yeah it's, it sounded like such a cute relationship yeah it just i don't know it, it, it's absolutely criminal to me to try to ruin that kind of a thing because like not everybody it gets to have a good. Speaks of a deeper insecurity of this, this guy. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so, we've established he's horrible, obsessive towards Patrice, uh, very awful towards Hassan. Apparently, he was nice a couple of months after they met, and like she moved into his house and everything. But then it just like went out of the window the amount of time he could spend to pretend i suppose yeah and he'd just say like really awful things to him i don't think it was pointed out exactly what it was but like he'd just say that he's like useless he like doesn't get good grades or whatever i'm not sure that's true but like basically you try to imply that he's just like uh, garbage he's yeah. useless Worthless he doesn't child. have basically yeah um and that he's like taking uh patrice's time which is a kid yeah <laughs> it doesn't matter if he's taking up all of her time that's what you sign up for when you have a child yeah 
Oh god. And oh, another thing I found very cute about it is like she still had contact with uh, Pistol's uh, dad, which was her ex-husband. Um, and they were like friends. They were like really good friends still, even though they divorced. They had like a very healthy relationship. Um, and I think he was also jealous over that, which uh, it doesn't slightly more, I guess, but it's still like... It still is bliss. Yeah. It's, it still speaks of him not thinking of her as a human being, or more of her as an Property, object. Property, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. To be owned and controlled. Yeah. At any case, so Patrice goes missing. The thing is announced uh, to Pistol by police officers that came to his school. So he comes back home. Uh, his stepfather has been informed of that as well. And... His stepfather, rubbish stepfather TM, uh, tells him to go outside. He's, he doesn't let him go into his house. His own home. His own home where he lived with his mother for like a really long time. Now, um, I have to point out, I do not know whether the house was like hers or like half owned uh, by the stepfather and Patrice or something. I like do not know. But it was definitely not the stepfather's to begin with? I do not know. I don't think it was pointed out at all. But, like, they lived there, right? His things are there. His clothes are there. He has a room there. It isn't, like, a short-term, like, whatever. It's it's his house, right? It's where he lived for a really long time, along with his mother. And the stepfather guy just chases him out of the house the night his mother disappears... So, he's already horrified, in a terrible state. Um, Just wants to, like, maybe get some shatai. Possibly won't be able to because of the situation. Just wants to be innocent. In a situation like that, you want to be in a familiar, familiar, comfortable, secure place. Yeah. And also, like, I understand that, whatever. I mean, it's still shit, but... Okay, when he got married to her, right? If you got married to somebody and that person has a kid, you <laughs> have to accept that that kid exists as well, even if you don't like them, which, whatever. Fair enough, you don't like them. Uh, just, but like, have some civil... Like as a mother who loved her son so much, you're marrying into a family. Yeah. You're not... This is... Once you marry someone who has a child... And this child is such a significant part of their life. You're also accepting that person as a responsibility. Yeah, which is probably why he was like pretending to be like so chill with Pistol existing in general for the first few months. Um, But yeah, he chases him out of his own house. And that's the thing that was like wild to me. He changes the locks of the door. So he doesn't even let him step a foot into the house? I don't think so. I mean, it wasn't, like, stated. He doesn't let him a single centimeter into the house. Yeah. But, like, I, I assume so. Uh, he definitely didn't let him stay the night whatsoever. He had to go to a friend's house. Like, he didn't even have the time to, like, call his dad and, like, try to, like, go to family. It, it, he had to, like, stay at his friend's place. Horrible to say, but at the very least, he was with someone who cared about him. Yeah, true. Yeah, but uh, wow. But he, he should have been allowed in his own home. Yeah, and he like changes the locks, which is so suspicious. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, and how it's like, is he trying to cover something up? Yeah, his like wife goes missing, and the and first he thing let you do, anyone in the house, it's the same night. It's the same night she goes missing. It's like if you don't know that this person is dead. You you are expecting them to come home. You would make everything possible for them to just be able to get in. For yeah. them to for you to be able to finally accept them home. You know you don't change the locks. It's it's like in that case. You know the one that happened a couple of months after Madeleine McCann. It was in in like the north of England. And it was like oh the the parents the mother that faked it. Yeah, yeah, and they were waiting for like a phone call. I think it was them. Mm-hmm. And it's like you. It's also it also happened in the Jean Benet case, where it's like the phone rings. You're expecting a phone call. You're on that phone in a second. 
if it's from like the the, the people holding them hostage, from mm-hmm. the ransom, from the police, you are like, oh, no. yeah, you're standing sentinel to that. It's the same thing. You don't change the locks. Oh my god, no. You don't, it, you don't take away the only means of this person getting home. Yeah, and it's I don't. It doesn't even make. I would. I mean, it's still shit, but it just. Shows I would that he doesn't think she's coming home. To me, same, same. I think so as well. And also, it just like it just. It, doesn't make sense it's um if she disappeared in her house possibly kind of a bit i would maybe understand because like clearly someone like oh like a uh a break-in yeah yeah or something but but like no it was from her i don't know it's so weird i was also i made that point before when we were talking it also kind of feels like he doesn't want people to go in yeah or out which i was thinking i mean that's a very that listen there is no evidence for that whatsoever speculation very much speculation but it's highly likely that the police searched his home yeah but like honestly she may have as well been inside and just he didn't want people to see it yeah yeah and you you know there are ways to hide people within a house yeah yeah because like yeah, you just changed the locks and you... It, it, it's just so weird. It's it's so weird. It's so... It's just not... Not the first thing you're thinking of when someone you love... Goes missing. Not at all. And then later when he was, like, interviewed about, well, like, why he did it, he was like, oh, it was, like, just in case. And then he was also, oh, I also didn't want, like, that brat to be, like, a nuisance in my house anymore or something. And, like, it's mother just disappeared even if you dislike him common courtesy would be to at least put a roof over his head yeah to yeah. let him you know what not even that not even that to at least let him get his things sleepwear right so he can stay the night somewhere i don't know he, that's why he's just rubbish tm <sighs> so awful okay and then fast forward a couple of years afterwards her remains were found I don't think, unless I forgot about it, I don't think there is much um, um, evidence of, like, what exactly happened to her because it was a couple of years later and most of it was just, like, bone at this point. Oh, you didn't mention she wanted a divorce from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also... But it was, like, he keeps denying it, the rubbish stepfather TM. He keeps denying the fact that she wanted a divorce from him. But both Pistol and a couple of her friends claim that because of how he treated Pistol, she wanted to get divorced. And it would track, honestly, because even, even, like, whilst watching that case for such a short period of time, you could see how much she cared about her son. Yeah. And if you're with somebody that treats her son so awfully, you'd you just want to protect him. You just want him to be, like, in a happy environment. I feel like a lot of mothers definitely put their children before them. Yeah. And also, he wasn't just awful to him. He was also, like, weird and controlling and didn't let her, yeah. like, do yeah, things. Yeah, no, it, even if she didn't have a son, that's grounds for divorce. Yeah. But, yeah, he keeps denying it. He keeps saying that he, they were, like, so in love, no she problems. she papers or something? I don't think so. So where did the evidence of her trying to get a divorce come from? Was it like all of her friends said it? Yeah, basically. Okay. But it was like a couple of people that weren't like in the same circle as well. So it wasn't like, oh, she went to lunch, said one thing. And yeah, like, it wasn't just an offhand statement. Yeah, it just like tracked throughout multiple people, multiple statements, yeah. I think. And I'll talk about the remains. Oh, yeah, the remains. Oh, so. This- Misses me off. Yeah, oh god. Uh, so her bones were found. I don't think there is much evidence on like what happened to her. She, it was found like I think in the wilderness or something. Um somewhat nearby. I don't I don't remember much about it, but it didn't like it didn't bring much to the table, like any of the I circumstances. S- assume, especially in America, there'll be a lot of animal interference. Yeah. So the bones were probably unable to find whatever the cause of death was yeah so she was cremated and her okay that was so annoying her ashes were given to the rubbish stepfather tm it's not to her son it's 
he should be able to fight to have to be able to I don't if it, his mother's relaxed. If it was me, I'd be so pissed off. And I mean he was. He was heartbroken. You can see how heartbroken he is. Go to the Netflix heckin it's Unsolved Mysteries, um, volume one, episode two, thirteen minutes. G- go there, watch it. He was so heartbroken. Like I'm not like I said, I don't think I'm a very passionate person, but it genuinely pissed me off so much the circumstances behind this case and how the stupid stepfather guy behaved it was disgusting it was so awful uh, the it's his mother that he had such a tight bond with and instead of giving the ashes the only he was he didn't get to uh i think i'm pretty sure it was said but don't quote me uh, he didn't get to like keep any of her things from the house because he changed the lock. This stepfather guy changed the locks immediately and didn't give like any of her things. So the ashes would potentially be one of the very few things that he could have of hers, the most important thing he could have of hers, and they gave it to a guy that she met a couple of years prior that Who like, she was trying to get away from. She, she was. That's the most awful thing. She was trying to get away from him, and instead her ashes are with him there forever. Fuck everyone who came to this decision. If it's law, fuck the law. If it's anyone else, fuck them. Awful. Just god-awful. Who who thought of this? Pistol should be able to fight for his right to, to his mother's remains. Like, remains do have rights. I, I watch so many of Ask a Mortician's videos... And if there's one thing I've gotten from it, it's that remains have rights. Yeah, I don't I don't know much about the legal aspect of it, but like it just feels so wrong. It feels so wrong. And uh, this stepfather shit stepfather TM. The way he smirks oh, when god. he says that she he has her. Oh god, it's awful. It's, it's just awful. it goes to show how much of a possession he thinks of her. Yeah, it's just just no just no he he never let pistol like hold or see her ashes never once it's genuinely heartbreaking and i don't even want to like put myself like to imagine that situation because i just i just would like i just don't i just don't it's so horrifying and then he he also the stepfather he made um a comment of how when he first got her he like slept with the ashes in the plastic bag it wasn't like even like put in a nice thing or anything he the plastic he he like slept with it like held disrespectful it's she wanted to get away from him and he slept with her ashes it's for years like that's just it's the worst possible place for her her remains to be i don't know it's so and then after he got bored of hugging her hugging her ash not hugging obsessing over her ashes and keeping it close to him whilst in her life she wanted to get as far away from him as possible uh he put her in a heckin cardboard box and just kept her in his closet just just in a cardboard box just like chilling somewhere at the bottom of his wardrobe horrific that just shows it just shows how much of a possession he i keep saying that but it just it, all it of his is. actions show how much he just thinks of her as a possession oh i hate him i it hate him no respect to put someone you love's ashes in a cardboard box unless you can't afford anything else because ashes do come in a cardboard box yeah plastic bag in a cardboard box that's just what ashes you receive them in yeah but it's such an important thing it is and urns are really expensive but at the very least like you can have a respectful box for someone that isn't like a super super expensive yeah yeah like i think even i personally would believe that even if you bought like a a two pound wooden yeah and just tried your best to like make it yeah yeah like maybe maybe paint her favorite flower on it or something i just hate him i hate him so much like i hate wrongful convictions (laughs) 
I truly do. Because sometimes and it's how it feels like justice. Yeah, and like I hate, I hate I mean, to after say this it. case yeah. after a m- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's horrific to say, but genuinely, if there was anyone who should be fully convicted, it's that piece of work. garbage, piece of work, piece of work. Yeah. Oh, I hate him so much. All the best wishes to Pistol. I hope he gets to somehow retrieve her remains from that awful, awful man, and like. I hope I hope I hope he his life is just miserable. I genuinely do. The stepfather, oh my god, just just trip on a pebble. Yeah, I'm genuinely giving all of my my best wishes to Pistol. Yeah, God, awful. It ah, uh, I hate it. I hate it. Watching it, I was hate watching it so hard. It was so bad. It was so bad. It, there wasn't like a lot of cases that pissed me off this much, honestly. But it's it's. I guess they do parallel each other pretty well in the fact that there's just no justice in either of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that, and that, that's it for this the... This is the real end now. This is the real end, for sure. Uh, thanks for listening to us. Yeah, <laughs> for so long. Yeah. Um, and I guess see you, see you, see you next, next week. One.